What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, welcome into the Sarcastic Remarks studios along with Chris. My name is Ryan, and we're the hosts of Sarcastic Remarks. What a game in tonight's game. This is the after-game review for Game 62. Chris, I'll go ahead and let you say your thoughts first before I go into the rest of my spiel, because that was amazing. So much fun. This is our lives for the rest of our lives. This is the only (laughs) way this team is allowed to win hockey games, and we just have to live with it for the rest of all, all times. This was so much fun, but at the same time, I'm kind of hacked off at the same time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so much we, fun. We did I mean, everything talk about right. emotions. We did everything right in the second period with nothing to show for it, and we do everything wrong in the third period and win. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just, it's just ridiculous. The game tonight was absolutely ridiculous. Anyways, guys, we are sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. Please go and use the promo code THB, and the next time you go and use their app, we are appreciative of them for supporting us in our endeavors to be somewhat sane Dallas Stars fans hosting a podcast. But I don't think that's not working. all that possible tonight. We need <laughs> was, more DraftKings. Yep. That was <laughs> absolutely insane. So, I, I mean, what's what's your takeaway in tonight's game? We, we should have won, and then we lost, and then we won. That's the takeaway. <laughs> we, it was a bipolar game. Completely bipolar game. It was like, okay, so here's my, my analysis of the whole game. The first period, terrible for the Stars, amazing for the Edmonton Oilers. Second period, terrible for the Oilers, amazing for the Dallas Stars. First six, seven minutes of the third period. Terrible for the Stars, amazing for the Edmonton Oilers. Last 13 minutes, amazing for the Dallas Stars, terrible for the Oilers. It did. There was like a, the sliding bar. It was like it was going rookie one way and rookie the other way after making like an NHL 22 reference. It was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I, I, I'm still, I'm still shocked. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it, all the scoring swings happened in the matter of like minutes, like within a minute. Like, in the third period, Evander Kane-Leon Dreisaitl was due to the same power play, and then Rope hints Denis Gurionov are within a minute as well. So, oh uh, I mean, gosh. I, I'm, 
I'm speechless after that game. It was, it was fun, and especially for uh, tonight's game, if you're like a just a general hockey fan, that's an amazing game that's to watch. That's just a good hockey game. The, I, I think the only the only people that are not happy with this game tonight are the Edmonton Oilers fans and and Mark Messier and and Mark. Me- oh yeah, okay. So two things I want to get into before we get into the game summary. Okay, and I think who what did I see? Alex, you totally read my mind, dude. Uh, Messier being crazy biased for Edmonton all night long. I agree, okay? But here's my thing. If you're ESPN, and you know you have Marc Messier as one of your color commentators, why would you put him in a game where he's obviously going to be biased? Why would you do that? Just because it's Edmonton? I I, I hate that. So he, he they kind of set up Messier you know, for failure, and now Stars fans don't like Messier because of... I mean, it was literally like the Stars had a great power play opportunity. They were passing it around in the in the zone, and there was one good play by the Edmonton Oilers. It was a Hyman stick check, and that was the one thing that Mark Messier pointed out. The one thing. I still liked it. I thought it was cool. I'm not really mad about it. <laughs> really? I thought it was cool to see Messier color commentating on Edmonton. That was cool. I was frustrated. I I did. I hated it, and the, I actually wrote that down one, two, three times. Three times. I was just like, <laughs> "This is, this guy is extremely biased." So now I can skip over that part when I do the game. Next show. thing, while we're on comments, pull up the ne- the other comments. Streakbusters again. Twenty one and zero when scoring first for Edmonton. Yep, Eric and Alex both mentioned at the it. same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that oh was. Oh my gosh! It, I think that was the very last thing that I wrote on my. Uh, yeah, that was the very last thing I wrote on my notes. So, That's unbelievable. And, I mean, they were fixing to, to like, make a record. They had 21 games, and I think it was, like, the 1940 Montreal Canadiens that had 22 games in a row that they won. And tonight, the Stars in that streak. It always seems like when Edmonton comes into town, the Stars are finding a way to end a streak. So, when any good team comes into town, we find a way to end streaks. Same with the Avalanche, especially that Pittsburgh. Edmonton, though. Pittsburgh, yeah. Pittsburgh came in, and so this is the year of the streak slayers. So, um, but if you're looking at it overall, outside of the emotional aspect of the game, which it's fun to to, to be a Stars fan and watch this game, but my biggest takeaway out of this game is the fact that even though they didn't really play a full sixty minutes, they were still able to get the two points and pull out the win. That was the most important thing. And and this game, in which I think the Stars played better in, is the exact same way that they played and won the game 4-3 earlier in the week. I already forgot the opponent. But they didn't deserve to win that game, and yet they still won it. Montreal. Montreal, yes, thank you. The Montreal game, Montreal should have won that. But just because the Stars had more talent than Montreal, they relied on that. So it, it, it looks the same. On a stat sheet, it looks the same that the Stars won the game. But very, 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 very different feeling. Well, I felt like we deserved to win this game, especially with the second period we had. We literally should have had five goals in the second period, like easily. There was so many grade-A chances, and we have to bury those. And it's the guys who are making the most money who are missing those two, and it's just it's so frustrating. Like, that's going to cost us eventually. I guess not tonight, <laughs> but it's going to cost us. And it did early in the season. I'm glad we had... We had the heart and fortitude to fight back in this one and to come out on top. And again, the guys who do it is not the eight nine million dollar guys. It's the it's the young guys. So it looks good for our for our new core. I hope our our money can actually get worth it a little bit moving on. Okay, and I, you could still say that about Sagan. I know Sagan got the empty net goal, 
And it's great that he got his 300th career goal, by the way. 300th career goal for Tyler Sagan tonight on the empty netter to make it 5-3. So, fantastic. But Jamie Benn, very quiet in tonight's game. And he's almost like the shutdown role center for the team right now. And yet he still puts up two assists tonight. Talk about Ben's game tonight. I mean, they're, they're good assists. I, I can't I can't talk about his game because all I can think of is the scoring chances that he just whiffs on that should be in the back <laughs> of the net every single time. So he now he learns. He just needs to take the puck, give it to somebody learn. else, and <laughs> let somebody else score it. So let us let him do oh, that. Oh no! So, um, and the other thing I wanted to point out, uh, other than the Messier thing, is. I really feel for Miko Koskinen tonight because he's had a really rough couple of years up in Edmonton. He hasn't been all that great, by the way. He's six seven. He's huge. We think that you know Otter is huge. He's six seven. Uh, if he doesn't make the saves that he makes in the second period on multiple chances, and we'll talk about it here in a second, this game is easily like they thought when when they were talking to Ropa Hints in the uh, post game interview. Easily could have been three, four, five to one. And then, the, and then the same thing for Otter, actually. And I should point him out, too. In the first period, consistently, he was making huge saves where the, the Edmonton Oilers could have been up 2 nothing, 3 nothing. So even though this game was a 5-3 to and there were eight goals in the game, the, both goaltenders were fantastic tonight. Yeah, they both had some really big saves. That's definitely true. And there wasn't a lot of shots either, and we're still saying that both the goalies were good. So, mm-hmm. so let's go ahead and get into the, uh, the game summary for tonight's game. And... Like and I actually went old school tonight. I left my iPad up at the school, so Gross. I am doing the old pen and paper. Gross. Um. Anyways, uh, right in the first period, somehow it gets in front of Otter at about a minute and fifteen seconds in. Nothing comes of it, but it was scary right off the bat and did not make me feel good. Uh, Ben gets a chance and he he somehow gets it. Well, he wins the faceoff. He gets the first shot of the game and a pretty decent chance, and then. About three minutes in, I put a lot. There was a lot of stoppages at play. It was a really slow game at that point. Multiple faceoffs, multiple icings, all that sort of stuff. Um, five minutes in, Glendening was in front completely by himself, and the pass goes through his skates. I don't even think he was paying attention or he was ready for that opportunity. But nonetheless, it was a good pass from Raffle. Um, at the 13:50 mark, uh, Yamamoto gets a pass from McDavid. I freaking hate him, but I freaking love him at the same time. And he hits the post on a two-on-one, and that further creates anxiety in the Stars fan in me. And then about the 12:46 mark, there was a Duncan Keith turnover, and it was forced by Radulov. Radulov has actually looked good in the last couple of games for me, but he's still not able to do anything with it. Um. And then the first stoppage in play, the Stars acknowledge during the TV timeout, uh, Kelly Forbes, who is the uh, video coach for the Dallas Stars, he's coaching his 1,000th game. And I don't know if you remember, Chris, but he's been around for a really long time. And a lot of the, you know, the, the coaches' challenges that have come over the past many years from Hitch, from, uh, from Monty, from bonus whoever was behind the bench it was really forbes that was making that call and telling him to make that and he's one of the best video coaches in the nhl in my opinion yeah you can probably count on one hand the amount of times that we've taken a delayed game penalty for a for a wrong coach's challenge mm-hmm. so he's definitely pretty great 
and and that is huge. I mean, it, it can be a turning point in a game if you're wrong on a coach's challenge. So the fact that we have Kelly Forbes, it, it's amazing that he's still here, and congratulations to him for his 1,000th game. Um, so about 12 minutes, 35 seconds remaining, Student Nietzsche had a backhand chance, and he had a... At first, he had a really good game, and then he had a really bad game. <laughs> he kind of had mixed results tonight. Uh, any, anything that you saw out of student each that you liked or disliked? Well, again, he makes a good play and gets himself in position to score and takes a terrible shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like right. I don't know what's up with those those with him and the fourth line. Like just practice shooting. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Shoot pucks. Shoot pucks. Um, at that point, shots were four to one in favor of the Stars, but Oilers had had the best chance in the game, and that was on the Yamamoto two on one chance. Um, and then this is the first time I, I mentioned Otter, but he had made bigger saves previously. But at the eleven fifty two mark, Otter with a really big save on Fogel. It was really just him and Fogel, and Suter was uh, cutting off the pass across, and it was a really bad neutral zone turnover. And that in that first period, what really was frustrating to me at that point, you know, being uh, mad Dallas Stars fan, they just can't seem to control the puck very well, and they're consistently turning over the puck, not just in the defensive zone now, but also in the neutral zone. And it's hurting the Stars' chances to go the opposite way and create offensive scoring chances. Uh, what is that good analysis? What did you, What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's always been a big problem. I mean, that's where the horse crap comment came from mm-hmm. Brad Albert. So the main thing that he talked about in that, press release was turnovers in the neutral zone which not only kills your rush going into the offensive zone but it gives the other team a likely odd man rush going the other way so it's just a really bad play literally a minute later there would be another Edmonton three on two odd man rush and there were they were chocked full of odd man rushes in the first and third not so much in the second like I said this game was very bipolar but Otter with a big save there uh, at the nine and a half minute mark remaining in the period. There's another D zone turnover by the Stars, and I also wrote there were a, there was a lot of offensive zone time for Edmonton within the first you know twelve thirteen minutes of the game, and you wouldn't have known that looking at the second period and watching the second period because like if you had just if you were like the hockey guy for example who jumps from game to game and watches all the games as much as possible. You wouldn't have guessed if you just saw the second period that the Stars were the worst team in the first because it was completely different. Um, continuing on, uh, Klingberg would be tripped by Duncan Keith, and that would be the first Stars power play. It was not a very good power play for the Stars, that very first one. There were no shots, and it was... Uh, I like the word that uh, they actually used on the ESPN broadcast, which was disorganized. It, it was completely disorganized in that first power play. Yep. And then uh, three minutes, 56 seconds, uh, got to stop turning over the puck in the D zone. That's the third time I've mentioned that. Uh, and then finally, the first goal of the game happens, and I'm surprised it took this long. It was from uh, Bouchard, who has really blossomed for the Edmonton Oilers this year, and he scores from the point. It was just a simple point shot, and Otter didn't see it. And that's happened the last couple of games where teams have just taken point shots, and it's somehow made its way past Otter. So it's one nothing Edmonton. What did you think of that goal? Uh, NHL says that it was deflected by Yamamoto now. Oh, excuse me. I forgot. I forgot about that. I should have. I meant to go back and change that, and I was not. So it was Bouchard and was it McDavid on the, on the primary, yeah. on the secondary assist? Yeah. Okay. So it was actually Yamamoto's goal there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it felt like it was going to come eventually just because of the pressure that they had that whole first period. So 
I wasn't too surprised by it. I was surprised by the way they scored it, because that's not how Edmonton scores goals. Yeah, but especially. Mm-hmm. If that's the only goal we give up that period, we're, we're happy. <laughs> and literally 30 seconds later after that goal, I wrote, Stars have spent zero time in the offensive zone. Just about zero time in that first period. Uh, Stars are getting killed by the Oilers' speed and forecheck. And their forecheck in the first period, the Oilers, was really good. Uh, and the stars had nothing to do it to to you know to back check with they're so it, fast it's crazy it's it's ridiculous all of them really um i think the one that i noticed the most obviously was mcdavid the, well, the guy is a uh. wizard with the puck it's not fair it's <laughs> mcdavid not fast fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh if, if you could just say mcdavid fast and that could be like the most amazing analysis of the game so cuz he made several plays tonight and you know, without uh, without Miro in tonight's game, I thought the Stars did okay with the with the with the offense from the Edmonton Oilers. But it, it would show up later. But anyways, yeah. um, this, <laughs> and I, I literally wrote this. This was two comments back to back. And with one minute remaining, Stars cannot control the puck anywhere. So that's the second time I mentioned that. And then thirty seconds remaining, I said the the one time they finally do, Sagan gets an opportunity. So. With the last, you know, 30 seconds in the first period, Sagan's able to get the opportunity. And that Sagan-Peterson-Garyanoff uh, line has continued to look really, really, really good uh, for the Dallas Stars. So, anyways, Chris, uh, what did you think about uh, the first period overall? Uh, w- did the Stars play decent defense, or was it really bad defense and Edmonton just didn't get it enough goals bad. in that first period? It was bad. Otter was good, and... Edmonton should have scored more, honestly. Going into the second period, uh, there was more ozone time for Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton, we get their first power play because of Sekera. He would do the can opener and trip uh, Chris Russell. Uh, Stars, le- Stars legend Chris Russell. Um, uh, Malone would hit the post for the Edmonton Oilers. And that finally at 13-23, against the flow of the play, in my opinion, Robertson scores from Ben. It was a great pass by Ben. And I, I actually put Otter co-scores because of the big saves. It goes five-hole. So uh, what did you think about that first goal by the Dallas Stars? I thought it was decent. I didn't think it was super against the flow of play. I mean, we started the second period way better than the first, so <laughs> I'll take that. I mean, it was obviously not a not a good goal. It, it should have been saved, but we, we had decent pressure. It wasn't, wasn't totally out of left field. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I kind of felt that way as well about that first goal. And I even thought about this, about the second goal kind of too, to be honest with you. Um, the second goal, uh, Pavelski scores from a Klingberg point shot. It's Pav's 24th of the year. He's second behind Ovechkin with uh, players who are age 35 or older. And there's no okay. That's There's no the, way. I watched those graphics <laughs> and I was like, what are they talking about? That can't about? be right, yeah. <laughs> that is did you not miss, true. Did you miss the 35 and older part? I missed the 35 and older part. <laughs> I was, it was so confusing. And uh, we should also mention that that was a power play goal, 16 seconds into the power play, and uh, it was a fantastic goal by Dallas. Um, I, I, they're scoring their power play goals kind of the same way now. Like, they're going side, below the net, slot, in. And that's kind of how they keep scoring them recently. So. And and it's not like it was, like, an amazing goal either. I mean, it was just a it was a good garbage goal. Good I mean, it, it Klingberg gets it through, which is what he's really good Uh you know, doing on the power play. 
And then, you know, Pavelski is there to either tip the puck and it goes in, or he's a, he's there to get the rebound. And it, it, that's all it was. It was just a simple play. Stars are up 2-1 to one at that point. Yep. Uh, um, a There was another point shot that almost actually got behind uh, Koskinen about two minutes later. Uh, there was a huge save by Koskinen, and there was about three huge saves yeah, that's in what I was about the to say. course of two huge minutes. Save, huge save, huge save, huge no, save. No, that's, that's literally what I put. Uh Koskinen on Ben, uh, passed by Studenich. Uh, ben on a breakaway. Koskinen says no. Robertson with a chance in front. And Koskinen says no again. So you talk about that first goal, and Koskinen was huge for Edmonton at that point. I mean, with those three cha- all three of those were big chances. They uh, probably they all three have been in. could have gone in. And no, it would have been 5 1 at that point. Those so, should have gone in, all of them. And even if you get one of those, the game is 3 to 1. And that the dynamic of the game might have been completely different at that point. So, uh, what, what did you think of the play of Koskinen tonight and then the chances that the Stars got just overall? After the first goal, he was outstanding, honestly. Mm-hmm. But the first goal was just so bad. <laughs> it's like one of the worst ones I've seen. Um, Ka- uh, Excuse me. Cassian, not Koskinen. Cassian would get a penalty for interference. Stars would go on the power play again. It was a decent power play, better than the first one, but it's killed off. Um, Geary d- goes around to D-man. He finally uses that speed. I don't see him use that speed enough. And they talked about that at the end of the, towards the end of the broadcast. You know, we have all of these guys who have all this speed. You've got Gary Onoff. You got um, Studenich also has a lot of speed as well. And I'm sure I'm missing somebody else. Haskinen has a ton of speed as well that we just haven't seen because he's been out for over two weeks now. But why don't we see Gary Onoff use that speed more often? Yeah, I think they should go around the end at least once a game like that. And, like, if they get knocked off their skates, all right, we're going into the goalie. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> e- either way, it's a good play because it gets the goalie off balance. Not saying we're trying to hit the goalie, but seeing a guy speeding down barreling at you is very unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> or you have a great scoring chance. So it- they need to do it more often. And I also wanted to point this out. It was a one-handed shot, and somehow Gary Onoff elevated it. It wasn't very much. He's but done that. He before, still elevated it. Yeah, it's he not does surprising. That but, all the time. But it's amazing the fact that he did it because, I mean, it was in tight. He literally just had one hand on the stick. He was using the other hand to fend off the defender, who I don't know who it was. But again, Koskinen had a really good save at that point too. So that's four within a span of like six minutes, for uh, for. Uh, I already forgot his first name. Koskinen. What's his first name? Migo. Migo Koskinen. He had four great saves there. Um, and then another one. Uh, Rope with a great chance off the rush as well. Koskinen again saves with a great A chance. And it looks like the odd man rushes are happening for Edmonton, but the Stars played better defensively. And that was one of the notes that I wrote towards the end of uh, the second period. Uh, what did you think about that? Yeah, they didn't really get many good chances off the odd man rushes. But still, the big the big thing about the second period is that we have to score more than two goals, especially on a team like that with the chances we had. Like, you've got to score those. And we can't be getting back to that thing we were doing at the beginning of the season with getting the chances and not burying them. That's going to – that will be awful. So we need to bury those and put the game away and not try and turtle a one-goal lead like we always do. And thankfully, it didn't bite them in the butt in today's game, but it very easily could have. Because, I mean, it, 
when we'll get to the three two point here in a second, but that three two point in the game, I was very scared. <laughs> the NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 years of age or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. <laughs> Stars would take a penalty with 53 seconds left in the second, and it was a Klingberg penalty, and it was a pretty good pe- uh, penalty kill by the Dallas Stars. And I was really scared for a second. That uh, the, they were going to score it, and it was going to be two to two going into the second intermission, and uh, I, I felt a lot better after that second period. Like I said, completely bipolar game. First period bad, second period good. Anything else we need to talk about that? Nope, that's exactly true. And I, mean, I thought we would keep it go. I thought we would be smart and be like two goals. No way we beat Edmonton with two goals. We got to score again. Mm-hmm. Nope. And I, I'm sorry, Brandon. I saw your comment on Twitter. Ryan. Okay. Ryan's gone, I think. Well, Brandon's comment on Twitter. We'll get back to that later, I guess. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and get into it because Ryan was taking forever. So, Oh, Ryan, are you back? Yep. Oh, nope. He's gone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was hilarious. Okay. Well, he'll come back eventually. But we'll go ahead and get into the incident that happened in the third. So the Stars get on the power play somehow. They're playing decently up until this point. I still think they're being more passive than they need to be. I feel like they need to be trying to score goals more. Is Ryan actually back now? I'm actually back. I hate West, Tex- West Texas internet. It sucks. All right. Well, I'm talking about the third. So I was, I was saying the third period, we didn't look great. Somehow we got in the power play. On that power play... Uh, with the second unit out, which is important to a point I'm going to make, we give up a shorthanded goal to Evander Kane from McDavid and CeCe, the worst guy that I want to give it to. The, I would rather anybody else on their team score than Evander Kane. I want to punch him in the face. Sorry, did I say that out loud? He I'm just scores, He would still he would demolish me. So He no scores thanks. the shorthanded goal after McDavid almost gets a breakaway and then just throws it back in front. And Gurionov is sitting in front of the net doing nothing. Radulov sitting in front of the net doing nothing. Our defense doing nothing. It was just a bunch of people standing around with their thumbs up their butts. It was ridiculous. Puck watching. And then right after that, still, like, right after the penalty is killed off, they get the three-on-two with the guy coming out of the box. And that's when we have our checking line on the ice. We put our checking line on the ice because the time was almost up on the power play. So we're like, okay, we'll make sure we won't give up the go-ahead goal with <laughs> with their guy coming out of the box. And the checking line, whose only job is to not get scored on. 
gives up the should have been game winning goal to Leon Dreisaitl, the only player you can't give it to. I guess one of two on this team. And that's just, it's ridiculous on the whole fourth line. That's garbage. We've talked about that multiple times, how they need to live up to their identity of being a checking line because they have not been, and they're definitely not an offensive line. So they better figure out what they're bringing to the team other than just time on ice and terrible defensive play by Regilov, terrible defensive play by Guryanov. Luckily, Guryanov can come back later and make up for it. But I was unbelievably frustrated with that, what, 30-second segment? Man, we're just ha- I'm having a lot of internet issues tonight. Sorry, guys. I don't know what the issue is. You just went out for a little bit too, Chris. No, I didn't. You did. I did? Ugh, golly. Okay, anyway, what were you talking about, Chris? I was just talking about how upset I was about the two goals. What do you think about those two goals that Edmonton scored? Uh, Talk about a backbreaker. I was tremendously terrified. Tremendously, tremendously terrified. Because I was like... Okay, the Vegas Golden Knights are losing four to nothing. The Stars have an opportunity to win this game, and they, you know, two to one against a really good Edmonton team, and they blow it, and it's they're now in a one goal deficit at this point. So, it re- it really worried me, and I absolutely hated it. And I think Drysaddle was actually credited with that second goal. Did you talk about that? Yes, I did. So, so the other thing that I mentioned, being ex- especially upset at was when Drysdale scored the go-ahead slash should-have-been game-winning goal, we had our checking line on the ice. Yeah, right. Like, why are they getting caught when they're not supposed to score and they never score anyway? How does that happen? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's just flat-out not doing your job. And then the Evander Kane goal, I talked about Guryanov and Radulov especially, just standing in front of the dent, doing literally nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and and I and going out right after those two goals, um, I wanted to mention this because you know Harley did the exact same thing at the eight fifty mark. There, there was like a, a period of five minutes when I just didn't write anything down because I was just totally deflated and sad and not fully sure that the stars were going to pull this off. Hanley turns the puck over. There you go, Rick Bonus. Okay, now you can put Harley back in. Yeah, I guess Harley can go back okay. in. But um, the other thing I'm I'm upset about that as well is because Hanley has played ten minutes. He played ten minutes tonight. He played less the last game he played. Harley was already playing fourteen minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? You obviously trust Harley more. You're playing him more. And he was getting a lot of. I mean, I think he was up to like 17, 18 minutes at one point. Wasn't well, I guess Bones doesn't run the defense, so maybe Bones doesn't trust him. But whoever we have running our our defensive lines does. I don't know. It's who knows. It's stupid. So, um. Anyways, Sagan would take a penalty for tripping. Uh, the Edmonton power play would go up again. Stars would kill it, and then at the five. 58 mark remaining in the third period stars would have multiple chances and then i i was even pointing this out with the dallas stars uh group chat that i'm a part of including seth which chris knows and seth is a one-time guest on this show um i felt like they were going to come back i did and 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 i can point it out before 
the three-goal barrage happened for the Stars. At 5.22, hence we get a, his first goal. It would go five-hole, beautiful shot, huge goal, absolutely monstrous goal. And we talked about this last year, and this was one of James's favorite statistics in the fact that Hints and Pavelski and Robo scored huge goal, huge goals at opportunistic times for the Dallas Stars. So, it, it, I mean, you, you can't have a bigger goal than that happen. And that would lead to, lead to the barrage of goals that would happen here in a second. So what did you think of that first Hints goal? I mean, it's just... Or the only Hints goal, sorry. First off, it's a great passing play by both Robertson and Klingberg. Like, on their tape, off their tape, instantly. They knew where the puck was going. They were all on the same page. And then after Rope broke free, like, you knew it was in the net. That guy's not missing that. And mm. that's awesome to have a guy like that because the Stars did not have a guy like that uh, two years ago. Mm. So love having that because you knew there was no chance that puck was not going in the back of the net. So, yeah, I, I loved all that. That goal was amazing. And they replayed it, like, seven times like it deserved. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> And Alex Smith over here saying, Hintz was looking like McDavid on that goal. Yes, sir. Yes, he was. And and again, I would love to see a race. And Messier even pointed this out to Messier's credit. He would love to see like Gary Onoff or Hintz at the All-Star uh, Super Skills competition to see if he could win that event, not uh, Connor McDavid. I know Connor McDavid didn't win it this year. But uh, I would love to see a race between the three of them. It'd be, it'd be so fun to watch. So, yep. Um, 24 seconds later, second goal for the Dallas Stars at 4.56 remaining. It's a two-on-one, Sagan to Gary. Gary puts it away. Start 4-3, to three, American Airlines Center just goes absolutely bonkers. Absolutely 100% bonkers. And I put, what an emotional game. Wow, with like seven exclamation points. I'm super ecstatic and excited. And then I wanted to say on the group chat, I told you so, and I didn't. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, what did you think uh, from the one depth goal that we got from the Stars tonight? It shouldn't be a depth goal. I mean, he should be a second line guy, but whatever. That's not the that's not the argument well, so, here. <laughs> something from something other than the first line. Other than the first line, yeah. There that? you go. That's a good one. I mean, it was it was awesome. This really, the play was decent. But what it really shows me is, like, this is the weakness of Edmonton, and this is why they struggle to get into the playoffs, and if they get there, they struggle to get past the first round, is because of reasons like this. Like, that Rupa Hins goal goes in, and then they just collapse. It's just done for them. So, it was a good goal, but I feel like that's more of why Edmonton's bad and not why we're good, but hey, well, I'll take it. <laughs> hey, who cares? Hey, we're in the playoffs tonight, guys. I'll take it. Tonight, we, we so are. And we have four games in hand on the next team that's just below us. So I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, ben had two shots at the empty net. He missed both. Well, actually, well, one hit the post, so it didn't really count it as a shot. But he had two chances, I guess I should say. Um, finally, the empty net goal by Sagan. We finally score an empty net goal. I think it's like our fifth or sixth one out of the whole season. And it's by Sagan. He gets his 300th career goal on a very... You know, not a goal you really want to get your 300th on, but whatever, he got it. And again, American Airlines Center goes bonkers, and I scream at the top of my lungs and almost wake up the kids. So I'm having 
a blast. Amanda's telling me shh, and I'm still having a blast as I go yeah. <laughs> and then, and then obviously we put, pointed this out at the beginning of the podcast, but this was the first loss by the Edmonton Oilers when they scored the first goal. They are now 21 and one, with that one being the Dallas Stars. Yeah, How about that game, Chris? It was great. And someone mentioned earlier in the comments that that six on five was much better than it was. most of our other ones. <laughs> and it was, it was great, especially on a team that should be good at it. I don't know if they actually are. I didn't look at any stats on that beforehand, but it, they didn't really have a chance. I mean, we locked him down. We had those three shots. The first two should have gone on, but whatever, mm-hmm. we got it done. So it was over pretty quickly, which is what we need because we're known to give those up too. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, um, I don't. I want to talk more about this game, but we got some other news that we need to get into, which is the trade deadline. We haven't talked about it, but you want to get into those real quick? We don't have to spend a lot of time on that. Yeah. We, well, yeah. Well, you already had your great video on YouTube. Check right. it out, everybody. Yeah, that go check very, it out. Very well done, Ryan. I thank you, Chris. I appreciate. You're it. welcome. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. No, I actually <laughs> like it. It was good. But anyways, guys, uh, those two moves I'm talking about by the Dallas Stars was. Uh, the Dallas Stars would receive Scott Wedgwood from Arizona for a condition conditional fourth round pick, I think. One and of them's conditional. <laughs> if the Stars make the playoffs, it becomes a third round pick, and Arizona gets the third round pick. But uh, it would another trade that would happen for the Stars coming from Detroit, because you know Jim Nill likes to get players from Detroit. Wonder why? Yanmark, Yanmark from Detroit, and. Uh, Vlad Nemestikov, so a Russian, comes over to Dallas for a straight fourth-round pick. And it, that was actually a really good trade. It, I know a lot of people were frustrated with the fact that the Stars were not more, uh, I guess you could say, more active in the trade deadline. But Aggressive. We're not, we're, we're not one of the big contenders. So, I mean, we're not like Florida, which went all in. Toronto went all in. Uh, Tampa Bay went out and got another third line. Uh, but... I, I like the moves they made. I do. Well, I like the two gonna, moves that they made. This is going to make us talk about it for another 30 minutes, but <laughs> it shouldn't work. It should work the opposite way. If you're not a contender, you should be more aggressive at the trade deadline trying to become a contender. And like, this is just, it just, it's just buying into the mediocrity of honestly sports culture and all of DFW. Like, Let's just make Ooh, the playoffs and see what happens. Out, call out all the sports teams in That's Dallas. That's what all the Jeez. sports teams in Dallas do. What did the Mavs do last year? That's true. That's what true. did the Cowboys do this year? Yeah, but the Mavs are not as bad as the Cowboys. Can you at least agree with that? The Cowboys are, like, perfectly sure. mediocre. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, don't even they're get all, me talking about mediocre. Amari Cooper. They're all I mediocre. still can't believe Amari The Rangers, Cooper I'm calling it right now. They're going to miss the playoffs by one spot. I mean, it's going to – that's what's going to happen. That's how Dallas sports works. And being this conservative in trade deadlines is what leads to this. I mean, all the good teams made big trades like that because they want to win a cup. Like, we make these little tiny small trades so we can maybe get into the playoffs so we can keep our revenue up. I mean – it's it's not I, I'm happy for this year that this year is going to continue to be fun and everything. But overall I still think we should have sold because I, I'm tired of the way that this 
the the culture is on this team and that just getting into the playoffs is a win for the season because it shouldn't be like and it always feels like it is and it's going to feel like it is at the end of the season if we get in we're going to feel very happy and like the season was a win but that shouldn't be the limit of stars fans expectations for this team we should expect more and we should demand more from the team that we spend so much money to watch well and we especially do the two of us talking about this team for the past it's almost been two years can you believe that chris it's almost been two years since we started this podcast feels like it's been five i really <laughs> it feels a lot shorter for me but um I, i'm gonna be unpopular with my opinion on this because i i, w- I was very into the whole twitter verse for stars you know being very frustrated with the fact that they were not really doing anything at least it seemed like they were going to do nothing. It seemed like the only move they were going to make was the Scott Wedgwood deal. And then the non-move they were going to make was not trade Kleinberg. Stunich, at best, is a third-line forward. I don't That's even think not he's a that right move. now. I don't even think he's, he's that right now. Yeah. But here, here's Nemesnikov, my... Nemesnikov, sorry. Nemesnikov. Yeah, I knew, I knew what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... But my my thing is is that if you're gonna go out and get those big guys, so like let's say that the stars went after Chikrin, because I really wanted Chikrin, Jacob Chikrin from Arizona. He's fantastic. Uh, he scored like 18 goals uh, last year. He's not having as good a season this year, but still, he's only 23 and he's huge. Um, what would we have had to give up in order to get Jacob Chikrin? Because I don't think they would want any of our players on our roster other than the players that we don't want to give them, right? They would probably want like a Ropa Hints or their or Robertson or something no. like that for Jacob. You're not going to ask for Ropa Hints or Robertson for oh, Jacob. Okay, okay. Well, I think they would. I think they would. Who now, would take that deal? I, I'm I am totally on with you. I'm not I'm not agreeing no, with that. Nobody would. They would ask for that. that. No, they wouldn't. That's. No, I, I that's think that's not. what they would ask for. How? He's going to trade they think, a good young guy for a good young guy? How does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah But that I doesn't so. make sense. That's but, it, it, anyways, anyways, but regardless of whether you agree with my my thinking, I don't want to give up any of the top prospects that we have right now because we have a lot of really good prospects that are doing really well right now, especially in the Canadian leagues. Um, I believe Wyatt Johnson, who was our first-round pick uh, recently, he was the first in the OHL to score 100 points. Um, Logan Stankoven, who, you know, he's a second round, the second round pick first or second round pick one, one of the two, and he's doing fantastic and he's a small dude. So I want to keep him and he's amazing. Um, and then, uh, obviously we all talked about this a couple of days ago was, uh, Antonio Stranges. I'm probably saying his name wrong with that highlight reel one V five power play that just about everybody was talking about. It was on sports center and he was a fourth round pick. So we are, especially at the forward position right now, I feel like the stars are pretty much loaded. That's just my opinion. And I don't want to give any of that up. Because the stars can still make the playoffs this year. And, and I mean, it's their spot to lose. It really is. It's not Vegas's spot. It's Dallas's spot to lose. And then we can still get into the playoffs. Yes, we would have to play Colorado. But we've played Colorado and we beat them two years ago. And we can keep all of our prospects. We didn't we didn't give up a first or second round pick or anything like that to get two players that you know we probably needed. 
Especially mm. the especially the depth on goaltending. I still can't believe that I'm saying that that we needed depth on goaltending when we had four NHL goalies at the beginning of the year. But whatever. I'm just upset because you're not buying in either way. Like if we're buying in on those young guys, like you're talking about, which I fully agree, that's gonna be our team. Then why are we not trading Klingberg? Why are we not trading? Radulov. Because you can still make the playoffs, and if you but make the playoffs, what? that's all you have to get. You just that's it, that's not true. It's not. I mean, it it's keeps not happening. Like, yeah. I mean, we could, all the years that we've just you, made the playoffs, one time we went to the Stanley Cup final, one time in a crazy year. Every other time, what was it? A second round loss to the Blues every single time. And I'm tired Don't of being bring happy. That up. Don't I'm tired. bring that up. I'm gonna it's going to make me depressed. Because I'm tired of being happy with second-round losses to the Blues, because I'm not anymore. It's it, it's not good enough for, for Stars fans. So I just want them to buy in either way so that the team can be exceptional and not just good. Because the team we have now is good. But it's not it's not, it's not going to be great unless you go one way or the other. And Nil just plays limbo between both and gets neither. Well, Brandon agrees with you, Chris. Ryan, when it comes to your opinion on trades, it's like your internet. It's not that great. Lockbella, <laughs> <laughs> JK. <laughs> but, you know, that's okay. That's okay. That's that's why I love having a podcast. I love hearing other people's opinions on all of this stuff. But, you know, honestly, I, I am frustrated because we didn't go either way. And But at the same time, I understand and it, it's, it's more logical. It's not emotion-based, which I wish that it was more emotion-based because I'd love to see the Stars do more. I mean, I, I would have loved to see the Stars with Jeff Petrie. I really would. I mean, he, he would have been fantastic, and boy, do we need the defensive help right now because that, that sixth spot for the Stars doesn't seem to be, you know, controlled by anybody right now, either Hanley or... So I, I, I wish we could have gotten somebody to fill that sixth spot because Hanley is number seven, and we don't really have a number six right now. Uh, I mean, when Miro comes back, which Lord knows when that is, I mean, we're without a number six defenseman. And I know that seems like not a big deal, number six defenseman, but it it could mean the difference between a playoff spot and not a playoff spot. Yeah. So my summary for the trade deadline is that we mentioned a few weeks ago that we'll be most upset if we do nothing. And what did we get? basically nothing <laughs> so we, hey, we didn't do nothing we, we got scott we did enough for neil to say i didn't do nothing <laughs> which not is wrong. not good enough he did You're not wrong he got a third fourth line guy i would really be hopeful to see nemestikov come in and score like i'm not saying he's gonna score like 20 goals to, to end the year but it would be really nice to see him get some goals I mean, he has get, more goals this year than Gurionov, I think. I, I was about to say, I think he's got like 14 or 15. Yeah. Double so check, he's up there with Finn and Sagan, that. so we should, probably should pay him $9 million next year. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Seriously. But, okay, I think that's it because it's getting late. Anything else you want to say, Chris? No, I'm tired. I'm, no, there is. I'm tired of mediocre. I want to be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We'll see. This is Dallas's playoff spot to lose, and they they keep jumping in and out just because uh, Vegas is right there as well. We have four games in hand. We got to win those four games. 
So yeah, who's under who's right underneath Vegas? Because I think I'd actually be more worried about the team underneath Vegas than uh, than Vegas it, it themselves. Someone help it's me out here, Chad. A little bit of a drop. No, it's not. It's Winnipeg's charging back. Winnipeg has seventy. So and they have sixty four. We still have two games on them. Okay, so that that so the, really this is Dallas's Dallas's game or spot to lose. So, yep. All right. I think we're going to close it out here tonight. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Uh, we really appreciate it. Once again, please go and use the promo code THPN the next time you go and use the DraftKings app. Uh, oh, I got distracted. Oh, sorry. Okay. Eric, Ryan, we need merch details. I'm working on it. Um, I will have something concrete over the next couple of days. Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight, but highly unlikely. Uh I will put that out across social media, and I'll make I'll make sure that uh, you guys can see some merch options. Uh, I think I'm gonna have some shirts, some maybe some mugs and stuff that we ha- will have up, and uh, I'll I'll shoot that out on social media as soon as I have that ready. So, um, anyways, guys, we're gonna close it up shop tonight along with Chris. I'm Ryan. This has been Starcastic Marks, the AGR for game number 62. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. We hope you have a good, fantastic morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening to us. See you guys later.